This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. Let's get started this morning. It's our last Sunday of the month, which brings this series to a conclusion. It's called Game Plan. If I could have our game plan graphic put up, please, I want you to understand what this whole month's been about. We've been looking at uh, a plan, an idea on how to live for God in today's culture. Culture's changing. It has changed through the history, and it's continuing to change. And, and, and I'm just determined to try to lead our church, not from behind, but we want to stay current, and we want to make sure that we're, that we're understanding this is not our grandmother's, our great-grandmother's culture anymore. Uh, my daughters are 12 and 8, soon to be 13 and 8, and I can tell you right now, the culture that they're going to be in, in in their 30s or 40s, such as me, it's going to be different than today. It's critical that we stay in tune with what God's doing. Can I get a big amen? So what we've been doing about that is we've been studying some scripture and trying to find what the Bible tells us, how to, how to stay current in, in our Christian faith. Part one, we talked about a balanced approach. Not living extreme on either way in living for God. you got to be balanced in your relationship with the Lord. You can get so radical and goofy that that's what you are. You're goofy. You can get so weak and loose that that's what you are. You're, you're a compromiser. You've got to find that middle of the road element of faith that's effective. Week number two, we took some commitments here at our church. I would love for you to go online and listen to those messages. We took some commitments that at all times we will exalt God and we will acknowledge God and we'll humble ourselves. You can choose for God to humble you or you can humble yourself and I can tell you which one's easier. Week number three was probably my favorite subtopic, fireproof faith. There is a faith that's available to you in the word of the Lord that will allow you to survive no matter how hot culture gets. No matter how, how hot the furnace is turned up, so to speak. And then last week, we looked at that odd but yet neat little theophany in the book of Daniel. Where there was a finger that wrote a message of warning on the wall. And we explored what that was. All of these messages are on our app, Calvary FTW. You can download the app now and even join me in this sermon. All the notes are there. Or you could go online, calvaryftw.com. And listen, today's message is going to just wrap this whole series up. And I'm going to the book of Galatians. We're going to get to Daniel at the conclusion. But before we get there, I want you to look into the book of Galatians with me. Galatians chapter 5 and verse number 5. My subtopic today is faith expressed in love. Faith expressed in love. Galatians 5, here we go. When you attempt to live by your own religious plans and projects, you're cut off from Christ. That is as strong as you'll ever hear. When you attempt to live by your own religious plans, and when you attempt to live by your own religious projects, you're, you're, you're done. You're cut off from Christ. And here's something that's just terrifying. You fall 
out of grace. Why? Because you've become works-based. Everybody say works-based. Now, we do know the great historical uh, argument, faith without works is dead, but you can't be saved by those works. Somebody say amen now. Did you, are you following what I'm saying? I don't think we have time to go back for, 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 for Sunday school hour, but let me offer it to you this way. You can't do one thing to earn your way into the kingdom of God. You believe your way into the kingdom of God. What am I believing? I'm believing that Jesus Christ is the only begotten son of the Father and that he came to do what? To give you life by his death on the cross. It's that kind of faith, saving faith in the grace of Jesus in which we find our salvation. Now hang in here with me. If you attempt to live by your own projects, you're going to fall out of grace. Meanwhile, we expectantly wait for satisfying relationship with the Spirit. For in Christ, neither our most conscientious religion nor disregard of religion amounts to anything. Notice the great dichotomy here, the great, the great comparison between the two. Martin Luther King Jr., Dr. King said, nothing in all the world is more dangerous than sincere ignorance and conscientious stupidity. What matters is something far more interior, the Bible says. Everybody say faith expressed in love. In trying to defend the word of the Lord, Christians today swing to two Different extremes. Let's circle back to week number one. The one extreme is over here where the Christian thinks in order to defend the truth, I have to prove myself right all times to all people, no matter how I treat them. As long as I'm right, I'm right, I'm right. And they develop a haughty, mean-spirited, righteous attitude and even though they're right their being right is already wrong because of their attitude concerning their position but then on the other extreme there's another camp there's another mindset that says I'm so against that that I'm going to swing over here And I'm just going to rewrite the Bible to fit anyone's lifestyle. I'll just rewrite the Bible to make everybody feel good about themselves. And I want to be real clear to just kind of state the obvious. None of us have the authority to rewrite the Word of God. Now, here's, here's a little country way of saying this. A lot of people want to take the Word of the Lord and make the Word of God fit them instead of taking the word of the Lord and fitting the word of the Lord. Does that make sense? I'll never forget one time uh, growing up in southwest Louisiana, we didn't have a mall. We didn't have any stores to shop in. We had one store and it was a Walmart the size of our nursery before Walmarts got super centers. We had one of those original Walmarts that had like some Benadryl and a battery. 
<laughs> so for us, if we were going to shop, we would have to go out of town. And out of town for us was a minimum of about an hour and a half drive. And that was just to somewhere halfway decent. So every now and then, my mom and dad, well, we would splurge. And we would, we would drive all the way to like Monroe, Louisiana, uh, to, to, to the mall there. And one time we were doing some back-to-school shopping, and there was a pair of tennis shoes that I had to have. These were the coolest kicks I'd ever seen, and I had to have them. I wanted these shoes, but they did not have my size. So you know what I did? When you have to have that you have to have that you have to have some shoes, and you're 14 years old, you don't care what size they are. I curled my toes up and said, I promise you, they fit. And my dad was like, but you, you, you're standing weird. No, Dad, don't be mean. I'm not, I'm not standing weird. They fit. My toes were bent under my feet, and I wore them all but about 20 minutes. And, of course, um, it, what service is this? This is the second service? So I can say butt in this service, right? I got my butt kicked. I don't know if I should say that in any service. I got my backside handed to me because I was determined to make it fit. Here's how a lot of people treat the word of the Lord. Instead of them bending their toes under to fit the word of God, being willing to adapt to the word of the Lord, they want the word of the Lord to bend to fit them. And that's never going to work. So how we've managed to find ourselves in a, in a struggle is these two mindsets are in conflict. When one's trying to share the love of God, they do it in a meanful way. Not meaningful, but very mean. And the other, they try to share the word of the Lord, they just forget the word of the Lord, and they just try to please everybody. Both, both are wrong, and both are unhealthy. You can't antagonize and influence at the same time. At some point, you're going to have to realize that what wins, what works, my good friend Lenny Kravitz says, what rules is love. Everyone say love. John 13 verse 34 says it this way, a new command I give you. Love one another. How? As I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, by what? You loving one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Let me give you my new favorite scripture. It's 1 Corinthians 14 and 1 in the Living Bible. Let love be your greatest aim. Imagine a target and imagine a bullseye in the target. The dead center of the bullseye. So if we're throwing a baseball at the target, if we're, if we're hitting a golf ball into the target, if we're shooting a bow and arrow in the target, if we're shooting a firearm in the target, if you're throwing a dart in the target, you've got an aim, right? You've got an aiming point. And the Bible says if you're going to, if you're going to make it in this culture, your aim, your greatest aim needs to be love. But 
A lot of people are aiming for different things. We're going to look into the book of 1 Corinthians 13. Everybody take it out with me. 1 Corinthians 13, if you have your smartphone, open that up. If you have an old-fashioned Bible, open that up. 1 Corinthians 13, it's known as the love chapter. And I've been doing weddings so long now that I've, I've come and gone through uh, what was a trend. There was a trend there for a long time where every single bride wanted me to read 1 Corinthians 13 in the ceremony. Pastor Tommy, I don't really care what you say. I don't really care what music we have. I don't care what my flowers are. I just need you to read 1 Corinthians 13. It is amazing. And now I'm on the other side of that trend. Pastor Tommy, I don't care what music we have. I don't care what my colors or the flowers are. Whatever you do, don't read 1 Corinthians 13. And it's because every single wedding had 1 Corinthians 13 so long. Now brides want their ceremony to be so unique they won't include 1 Corinthians 13. It's called the love chapter. And it states what love does. But also what it does, it also states what happens when you don't have love. Let me point some of these out. 1 Corinthians 13 verses 1 through 8. For time, I'm not going to read every, every verse but we're going to highlight these. The first one, 13 and 1. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Without love in your life, ladies and gentlemen, all I say is ineffective. It doesn't matter what I say. If I'm not saying it in love, it's ineffective. Even if it's good, it's ineffective. If I'm not saying it in love. Ephesians 4 verse 15 says speak the truth. Is that worth an amen? Speak the truth. But what else does it say? You got to read on. Speak the truth in love. So no matter what you're, you're, you're speaking. Everything that comes out of your mouth. Everything is going to either build people up or tear people down. And now that I've got you as a captive audience. I just want to get on this little platform for a few minutes and say to a culture that is social media driven, won't you please just stop with the hateful, mean, ridiculously cruel comments? We've gone to, we're out of control, everybody. We're to the point now where, you know, I can say, you know, I can say something that that, that just is a, on a whim of a post. Well, I hope the Cowboys play good today. Well, I hope your dog gets ran over by a truck. Whoa. 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 Huh. I'm holding back. <laughs> Honestly. Okay. I'm a ball coach, and I fits and coach the team. Don't go political on social media. It doesn't go good. Three people over here agree, and one of them has to go home with me. (laughs) Hey, everybody. I know we think we're living in a culture where you can just get on social media and spew But I promise you, you're not helping anybody. 
all you're doing is taking the spoon and you're stirring up the pot of controversy. You're stirring up the pot of division. America is divided right down the middle on so many topics. It doesn't need the church of the living God to get our, uh, to get our role out of whack. Now listen, I'm going to prod some of you. Some of you, this might be the last time I see you. No, I'm, I, you don't know my world. This might be the last time I see some people. But your role as a Christian is not to point out everything wrong with everybody. I got five more, amen. This might be going better than I thought. <laughs> Go Cowboys. <laughs> Somebody just said, you lost them. Listen to me, I'll, I'll disfellowship whoever that is right now. This is a God-loving church and cowboys too. I got to get this back real quick. Y'all hang in here with me now. Watch this. If you're not careful, you'll get caught up. You'll get caught up in misusing such a fabulous tool of, of connection. Man, your Twitter account connects you to so many fabulous people and friendships and relationships. And then if you're old, you got Facebook and, and, and that Facebook account <laughs> connects, it connects everybody. I mean, you go back to junior high and you're like, oh man, I used to date him. And you're like, really mom, you dated him? Really mom? It's like Facebook account all over again. Check it out. Don't go stupid on social media. You're not going to win. And the next thing you know is that you're in controversy and conflict rather. You're in conflict with what God's wanting to do in you and through you and for you. What you've done is you've taken the Holy Spirit's lead and you've shelved it. And now your flesh and your emotion is speaking and your ignorance is too. And all of a sudden what you're saying is ineffective because you're not speaking through love. You're not messaging through love. And my goodness, if we're not seeing this in our media, this might be, if you're a guest today, I would, I would sincerely say go listen to the last 20 years of my ministry. This might be the most political sermon I've ever preached, ever. But I'm telling you, we are witnessing in our own era, in our own culture, what the enemy wants to do. And that is he's wanting to drag the church that has one message. It's not a message of Republican or Democrat. It's not a message of conservative or liberal. It's a message that Jesus Christ is Lord. And it's wanting to take this message and it's wanting to get it distorted and cross the lines of the separation of church and state. And it's wanting to drag the church into the very pile of mess that our culture's in. At some point, while the world's growing darker, the church is starting to shine brighter. We can't dim the lights and become such as culture. We have to shine brighter and send a different message than what our culture's sending. Go Cowboys. That's going good, boy. Woo, isn't it? Woo. I've only lost three, and I think they're in the bathroom. They'll be right back. This is going good. Man, we're cooking with gas, baby. This is awesome. Matter of fact, let's just stand and pray in this field because I don't know if it's going to get any better. Without love, 
Verse number 2 tells us, If I have the gift of prophecy and I can fathom all the mysteries and knowledge, without love, though, everything I know is insignificant. I told the first service this one. If my house is on fire, and I'm telling you, I mean the flames are burning bright, I don't need you to give me the Greek word for extinguisher. I just need you to put the fire out. I don't care if you cross-reference it, give me Old Testament knowledge of what the New Testament meaning is. I just need a water hose, and I need you to get out of the way. If you want to know what play to run in the last days, don't look for every opportunity to show your wisdom because that's getting you over here in this haughtiness that you know more, that you know better. Just, just turn the water hose on because there's a lot of people that are on fire with divorce and pain and anxiety and, and mental illness and, 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 and financial struggles and th- th- their kids are gone crazy and, and their jobs are awful and, and their finances are a wreck. They don't, they don't really need to know everything that you know. They just need to know that you care. So if we're wanting to know what plays to run in the last days, love God and love people. And whatever you say, say it in love. And whatever you know, speak what you know in love. Verse number 2 continues that if I have a faith that can move mountains. Okay, so you're super spiritual. And buddy, you believe in God. And you're a praying man and woman. Even though you have faith that can move mountains but do not have love. The Bible says I am nothing. So without love, all I believe is insufficient. But I believe in Jesus. That, that Satan believes in Jesus. You ever thought about that? It's one thing to say things. It's one thing to know things. It's one thing to believe things. But everything you say, know, and believe has got to be all built on the foundation of love. 1 Corinthians 13 and 3 now. Reading one more here. Uh, and that is, without love, all I give, all I give is incomplete. Let's say you're a big giver. Let's say that you, man, you, you're just constantly giving to the poor. You're constantly giving to the, to the marginalized and the down and out. If it's not given in love, if it's given through pride, if it's given through, a, through, through, through pity, if it's given through the wrong motive, even your giving may not be as effective as it could be. But if you'll mix it with love, miracles happen in the act of giving. And the final one before I shift to the book of Daniel for a few moments is without love, all that I might accomplish in this life is inadequate. Because the Bible says, if I give over my body to hardship that I might boast, but I do not have love, I gain nothing. So let me wrap all of 1 Corinthians 13 up. Y'all ready for this? Life plus love equals God. Life minus love equals nothing. So how does this apply? What's our walkaways today? Well, this morning I just want to shift you just a little bit here in, in thought. Everything we're talking about this month, we, we've established this truth. You can't control what happens to you in culture. Culture is is what culture does. It's going to do things, and you can't control it. But what you do have control over is how you handle yourself in a changing culture. 
And let me look at Daniel one last Sunday with you. It's Daniel chapter 6 today, verses 1 through 5, reading from the message. If you've been here all month, we've gone from the leadership of Nebuchadnezzar to the leadership of, of, of Belshazzar to the murder of Belshazzar, now to the established leadership of Darius. If you've been with us, you've, you've followed this series as we've, as we've navigated through these different uh, models of leadership in the Babylonian Empire. Now we have Darius in leadership, and, and, and this is what happens with, with Daniel, the boy Daniel, now grown man Daniel. This is what happens. Darius reorganizes his kingdom. He's in leadership now, and he appoints 120 governors to administer all the parts of his realm. Over them were three vice regents of one whom was named Daniel. Daniel, brimming with spirit and intelligence. This is one sharp cat. Full of spirit and intelligence. The message says it this way. He so completely outclassed the other vice regents and governors that the king decided to put him in charge of the whole kingdom. This dude was so sharp, like a razor blade sharp, that Darius said, there's something about you that stands out greater than any of these others. I'm going to place you over the entire thing. Well, what does that do to everybody else? Anytime you're promoted, anytime you're elevated, you will have people taking shots at you. Because they don't want to see you promoted. And this is such a timely message for our current events. And I want you to hear the whole story before you form an opinion. The vice regents and governors got together to find some old scandal or skeleton in Daniel's life that they could use against him. But they couldn't dig up anything. He was totally exemplary and he was totally trustworthy. They could find no evidence of negligence or misconduct. So they finally gave up. But here's where it gets cultural for today. Give me just a few minutes to preach to you, okay? Hang in here with me just for a few minutes. Notice the shift. This is what's coming, everybody. Receive this as prophetic if you choose to. This is the next shift in the America that we live in. And you better know how to handle it. You better have a plan. You better have an idea of how to handle it. And this is it. They can find no evidence of negligence or misconduct. So they finally gave up. And they said, we're never going to find anything against Daniel. Unless, unless we can cook up something religious. Now watch how this unfolds. His character, superb. His morality, excellent. His honesty, fantastic. His home life, has it under control. His finances, stewardship model. Daniel is as in tune with the Holy Spirit as anyone. This cat's got it all together. And when they finally looked through his life with a fine-tooth comb and with a magnifying glass, they realized he's got it all together. But let's talk about his religion. Ladies and gentlemen, we are entering into a culture in America that the next big attack, and I know we've had minor attacks throughout our history, 
But the next big attack, it's, it, it's, it's not just coming, it's here. But it's going to be more prevalent than ever the further we go down line. And that is not just the attack of your family, not just the attack of your mind, not just the attack of, 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 the, of the marriage covenant, not just the attack of, of, of you having the freedom of parenting the way you choose to parent, not just the attack of you, uh, of, of you of, of having, having the influence of your home as you choose to, but the next attack, ladies and gentlemen, is the attack on your faith. And you better know how to handle it. And I close this series with a few ideas. When your faith is under attack of which you can't control, you have full control of how you handle it. And here's the first one. You respond by serving God and serving people. Now, if you've ever been here before, you've probably heard me say five times in one message, love God, love people, love God, love people, love God, love people. But I can love God and I can love people all secretly in my heart. But when it gets to time to serve, I serve God and I serve people with the actions of my hands and feet. And if you're going to survive the culture we're entering into, you cannot be a closet secretive, midnight hour Christian. You better wake up early and get your hands and feet into the mix of building the kingdom of God. And I would give anything for all of you to serve in this local church. But if it's not this local church, find a local Bible teaching church and serve. Well, I just like to come to church. That's great. But it, I'm telling you, when the screws are tightened on your faith, the idle mind is the devil's workshop. And you can believe God and you can love God. But when you're in the when you're in the on the field, when you're on the field and in the battle for the kingdom of God, and you're serving the kingdom of God, and you're serving him and the people of God with your hands and feet, when you're busy in the trenches living for God, I can tell you right now, there is an automatic wall built up around you because you're so busy about the kingdom that you can't get distracted on the silly things of this culture. Now, I know I got... I, I, I kind of went off a little bit last week, and and trust me, I replied to all the texts. I tried to cover everybody and tried to keep everybody happy. And I know I took a shot at some of us. You know, I got kids in sports, and I got kids in extracurricular stuff, and I promise you I've got my hobbies that I try to keep up with, and we're all distracted. Life is, you know, Life is not shorter than it used to be. We're just not managing our time as well as we used to. But I can tell you right now, all the stuff that we're serving, booster clubs, PTOs, you know, coaching, all the stuff that we're serving is not going to keep your faith strong when the furnace is turned up. But I will tell you this, there could be a balance. Keep them in ball. But make sure Trump's more than ball. Trump, first of all, not Donald. (laughs) Talking about Trump card. Lord, I can't even preach about Trump card now. Make sure your church involvement, that's going to be, that right there, 
Somebody videoing right now. That'd be on Insta before I have lunch. <laughs> Trump, Lord, split the church wide open. Make sure your church involvement trumps everything. Let me repackage it because some of you don't even know what that means. You're still hung up on Trump. Play ball all you want. Go to church more. Be in extracurricular activities all you want. Go to church more. There it is, a preacher always trying to get people in church. No, a preacher trying to get you into heaven. Because when the culture shifts and everything gets hot and everything's under attack, I can tell you right now, ball teams don't go to heaven. He's returning for the bride, a spotless bride, a church of the living God. That's what goes to heaven. People go to heaven that are saved, not just people that are making a community effort, not people. Y'all stand. Watch this. Stand with me for real. I'm out of time. We're going to change the schedule of this church. We're going to have an 8 a.m., a 12 noon, and an 8 p.m. I never have enough time. All this packing everybody in, running them through like cattle. Man, I can't even feed the sheep, much less the cattle. And it just keeps ticking. Look at that. Look at that. Just turn around. Look at it. It just keeps ticking. It just keeps ticking. Welcome to my world. I wake up at 2 a.m. with ticking clocks. Ticking clocks. 19 more pages and I'm out of time. It's all these stinking babies. 15 babies around here for dedication. Serve God, everybody. Serve people, everybody. Get involved in a church. Show up. Do something easy. Make some coffee. Sing a song. Help with children's ministry. Open a door. Why? Because I can tell you right now, that's where your faith gets locked in, man. Because you wake up every day thinking, how can I make a difference in somebody's life? Not waking up every day going, let me just see who I can bomb. Repent or go to hell. Man, that was effective. Turn or burn. Turn or burn. Really? Turn or burn. If you do that, take off your Calvary t-shirt when you do that. Because you're not representing me or this church in a real good way. Turn or burn. No. No, no, no. Don't, don't, don't do that. Let me serve you. I know you've been going through divorce. So how about you let me take your phone bill for a few months and let me catch your breath. I see your tires are wore out. And you got kids in car seats. Can we meet discount tire? Can I get you a couple new tires? Because I, I see you're in trouble. And I know you lost a loved one recently. How about, a, how, about a, how about I just take you out and hang out without having to talk about anything else? Just, just love on you a little bit. Turn or burn. Now, man, you're, you're an idiot is what you are. You're an idiot. And you're not helping anything for God. Matthew 5 tells us to be an example to others. And 1 Peter 3 tells us to share Christ with others. And I don't have time to preach those points, but I'll give them to you 30 seconds and we'll go home. <clears throat> you want to know how to handle culture whenever your faith's under attack? 
handle the attack the way Christ handled his. Give us Barabbas. And he stretched his arms open. And under the greatest political, social, economical, spiritual attack the world's ever known, he laid his life down. He didn't fight. He didn't fuss and cuss. With humility, with humility, he laid his life down. To Calvary Church, 10 o'clock service before you go home. Look for ways to serve God this week. Look for ways to serve people this week. Run the play. It's a little curl route. It's a little slant across the middle. Run, run the play. And then finally, share Jesus. Share Jesus. Let me pray over you. Father, I thank you on this baby dedication Sunday and also the wrapping up of an intense month. I'm thankful, Lord, that you've given me the time to be able to share what you've given to my heart. And I just bless my friends today. I bless these families. Let them have a wonderful Sunday together. But Holy Spirit, do a work in our hearts and minds to sober us up. Clear our minds to the point that we realize the day we're in. We're living in darker, darker days. And we will not retreat and hide. We're going to shine. Our light before men that they may say, how can I have that? And we'll lead them to your cross. I pray this in Jesus' name. Everybody say a big amen.